Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. And welcome to this week's Geek Time Radio. It's episode 108, and this week I have with me Ross. 108, yeah. <laughs> You're Big excited. milestone, Dave. Big milestone 108. <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> not, not, not really, though. No. Not really, though, no. So how are you? What have you been up to? I'm very well. Uh, not much, actually, Dave. It's been a, it's been a slow month for me on, on, on my end, but that's okay. Uh, we went to see Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast is really good. Good. Yes, I haven't uh, seen it yet, but I am... Um, it's okay. Yeah. What you could do, if you wanted to, is save your money and just watch the cartoon, because exactly the same thing happens. <laughs> is it, is it? Yeah, if well, anything, the cartoon, because their cartoons are afforded slightly better animation and, and you know, the, 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 <laughs> the animation of the furniture as inanimate objects is slightly given more character in a cart in the cartoon yeah yeah How, how's the um what the songs are they using songs throughout because i mean yes they have they have all the songs all the songs you know those songs yes. all the songs <laughs> uh also they've added a couple of songs uh so um you know when this is gonna sound you know when um you know when uh bell's father's in trouble uh, yeah. So he says, "Look, you better, you better go and look after him." Yeah. And she leaves the castle. Well, in the uh, cartoon, he just does a big roar, and it's quite dramatic. But in uh, the film, he sings a song about it, which is slightly takes the poison out of it a little bit. <laughs> so, it's a nice song, though. It's, yeah, there's a little bit more about uh, Belle's mother and stuff, and where she comes from and stuff, and that's a bit uh, more okay. interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Good. Good. Anything yeah, else? Uh, what I was just going to say. What else? What else? Uh, not much, really. Oh, that Top Gear you were talking about last week. You know, you said last week you hadn't talked much about that Top Gear. Yes, yeah. Really good, really good. good. Really enjoy. Yeah, I'm. I'm really liking this this new uh, setup. I think. I think the first episodes were a little bit shaky. I, yeah. I think the chemistry was right, but it, they hadn't quite pulled it together. But now, now they're bedded in. It's settled a bit. I, I think it's it's really. Strong, you know. It did that thing. I was watching it last night, and it did that thing that old Top Gear used to do. When I was watching, I don't know if it, this is spoilers. <laughs> is <laughs> no, spoilers on Top Gear? no, you're but fine. You know where they're they're trying to get? I think they're both trying to get to the other side of Dubai or from Oman to Dubai. Yeah, from, is there's different place. Um, and they've got to spend like loads of money to do it. So one of them's got like a Bugatti that's like the most yeah. expensive car. The other one go uh, and uh, Matt LeBlanc goes by like um. A boat and then a plane, plane. and then, you yeah, know, and it made me, and it made me. I was sitting there, I was watching it, I was just like smiling at all the fun things that they're doing. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I haven't smiled this much at Top Gear in years. Yeah, I think that's the thing. I think they're they're finding the characters 
um, yeah. you know, of the, you know, the, the personalities of the different presenters, you're starting to get that more now. Um, I, I do feel a bit sorry for Rory cause Rory seems to get, get the raw deal. Seem, yeah. He just seemed left out of it a bit. Yeah. Sad. So, um, yeah, I, I do hope they, cause Rory's a great car presenter and, uh, you yes. know, I think I, you know, he, he does seem a little bit left out. They're bringing Sabine Schmidt to do little bits and pieces as yeah, well. Yeah, which she is, did a bit on that one. Yeah. Which is good. So, you know, I, I think overall, I, I think it's a, it's a huge improvement, certainly on the last season. I actually think it's an improvement on the last few seasons of the other Top Gear. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, you know, cause it's, it's kind of revitalized it and it's different. And if you want to watch the old Top Gear, the, those three guys are still doing the grand tour, which yeah, is basically sure. the old top gear, but like <laughs> slightly revitalist as well. So overall, I think it's been a win-win. I think it's yeah, definitely. I think it's done really well. So I'm um, yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying. Also, uh, that. we've had some really good trailers. Uh, Justice League, we've had like you say, uh, Spider-Man Two, which I'm sure you'll talk about. Yes. Um, I don't know if you saw the Defenders tease. I don't know if that was today or yesterday. Yes, that was that was today. There was the one with the elevator. Yes, the that the one. yes, that, that came out one. literally exciting. a couple of hours ago. Yeah, so, so that's good. And they've, uh, I think you'll reveal more about that later, won't you? You've got, they've got a date or something? Yes, they have. Well, we can do, we can do that now. They've, the date actually on the teaser trailer is the, because the, the teaser's them in an elevator and then uh, Jessica Jones spots the security camera and pulls it off the wall and it yeah. stops the timer that's in the top corner and it stops at like, you know, uh, 80, no, something or whatever. But yeah, basically, stopped at 18th of august 2017 right right so, and also uh you see the daredevil's not in his daredevil suit do you remember last time yeah. i don't know if you remember last time we were talking about how daredevil's the only one who's got like a suit suit and yeah. the rest are just people in clothes yes but he was just a person in clothes yes with uh, which confused me slightly because why wouldn't he be in his daredevil mm. suit but yes right. not not only was he not in his daredevil suit but he also wasn't in his devil of hell's kitchen suit which is like you know the black the full black wrap that he wore at the start of season one no. with the head that he was in like a suit and some like what looked like tights around his head or something. <laughs> yeah. So he's just come from the office by the looks of it. Yes. Maybe it was, it was some sort of um, compromise that maybe. they, you know, had to be in a suit to get but in if, or something. If, if he, if he spent the, the the season like that, I think that'd be okay. Maybe. Mm, maybe. I don't know. I mean, I, we don't know how, how that's going to pull together. We don't know yeah. exactly whether, you know, cause it could be that they do it. So it all go happens within a few days or it could be that it spans over weeks or so. We don't know, but yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. Super exciting. Also, uh, guardians of the galaxy had a trailer for the telltale game i don't know if you oh yeah no i haven't seen the trailer for that i i, I saw the launch trailer but that's it i haven't seen the actual uh... i thought i thought about thought about buying it because <laughs> yeah. um you know i'm a telltale guy yes and it's it's i think it's on offer it's something like 15 pounds right now on the playstation store as opposed to 18 which you get you the whole season pass which struck me as short i think they're like 25 normally yeah they are so, I don't know what the unless that's just the pre-order. Pro, I don't know. I don't maybe, know. maybe, but uh, that that's a pretty good deal. I would yeah, say. Yeah, it's been all right. It's been all right. Also, um, I bought this is uh, a similar but uh, unrelated topic. Um, I bought Crash Bandicoot two and three, which were on the <laughs> PlayStation Store for two pound each. Nice. <laughs> How about that? So I've done all right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get a couple of uh, levels of Crash Bandicoot in um, on the PlayStation Four on the. Uh, Oh, what's the game? The 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 
archaeologist one. Uh, not uh, Uncharted. Yes, Uncharted. You got, I don't know if he's technically an archaeologist, but okay. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> that's on offer too. Yeah, if you're, if you're on PS, is it PSN, the network thing? That's like £15 at the minute. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow, that's a good deal. Which that, I stared that for at the last for a long one. time. Is that for the last one? Yeah, that's Uncharted 4. I think. Yeah, 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 that's... Right? Yeah, I, well, sta- I stared at it for a long time. I, Uncharted 4 is really good. It's well worth it. Maybe oh, I should do, get it. You do get a couple of levels of Crash Bandicoot thrown in that as well. And that is that is good. <laughs> <laughs> that is what I need. So, yes. Uh, anything else? No, that's it. That's been okay. my... Uh... Well, I mean, gaming-wise, my my all of my attention has been on Mass Here Effect. Here we go. Uh, Mass Effect Andromeda. Um, which Is it terrible? No, it's... I, I'm really enjoying it. There are there are bugs in it, I think, as I said last week. There are yes. a few bugs in it. I've, I've got one mission which I can't... It's only a kind of minor side mission, but I can't complete it because it bugged out halfway through. Oh, no. but, but that's the only sort of one. And there's little gripes on things like you can't seem to change the colors of the outfits and you're supposed to be able to change it because you can go in and like change all the colors but it doesn't save any of the settings when you do it which oh, seems okay. um, unless i'm completely missing something but uh, <laughs> a save button's a big red save button yeah i there really doesn't seem to be any obvious way to make it wow. save it so but i heard um, the uh, menus are a bit finickety anyway they, they sort of um possibly are yeah i mean i don't know i mean i'm playing on pc and and they've been okay I've mm. not had huge problems with it. There's, I mean, there's an issue with the map on PC as well in that if you use the mouse to actually select and put a, like a, you know, your own personal marker down, yeah, it moves <laughs> um, oh. <laughs> when, you, when you click out of it. Whereas if you use the gamepad to do it, so because I've got an X-pad, uh, an Xbox um, gamepad plugged in. Yeah. So if I use that to do it, it stays Looks where fine. it is. That's yeah. insane. So there are there are little things like that that are kind of irritating. But you, I mean, you said last week, are you still finding that it's more like Dragon Age? Because I really enjoyed Dragon Age Inquisition. So yeah, like play, playable wise, uh, you know, playing wise, it's it's far more like Dragon Age Inquisition. And I've also heard the combat's really good. Is that? Yes, I would agree with that as well. I'm enjoying the combat, I think, a lot more than I have in other Mass Effect games. I know some people complaining because you can't micromanage the team, but I never used to do that anyway. So Yes, of course. That was the thing ever since I think like Dragon Age 1 had that, right? Or maybe yeah. even Mass Effect 1, I don't know. Yeah, well, Mass Effect 1, 2, and, and 3, I think, actually, mm. all had, you know, you could micromanage what powers they used when and all that sort of stuff, uh, sure. where now they're completely autonomous, autonomous, basically. You can tell them where to go but that's about it about it so i might enjoy this game you know i like good combat i love dragon age inquisition i don't care about team management maybe maybe in a few weeks when we patch it up a little bit maybe it's good then yeah i am possibly waiting for the first patch but i'm and i i can't comment on what it's like on consoles um i heard they had uh this might be wrong but i heard they had some sort of reveal on thursday they were going to reveal some stuff and there was rumors that it was either going to be the first dlc or some patch notes or something that they were going to say something about uh i've not seen anything wow. so but I, I could have missed it so, yes i will have to have a look um but i'm 92 hours in so <laughs> yeah again i've heard that after the first 10 hours it gets better 
Yeah, I, but I mean, I didn't which have... A, which is a stretch. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't have a huge problem with the first 10 hours. I thought mm. it was it was fairly compelling. I like the way that, you know, you, you feel like you're advancing, you feel like you're getting better, which is sort of what you want out of these games. The RPG elements working fine. Uh, the shooting right. elements all works perfectly well. So, uh, you know, I, I'm really enjoying it. You actually feel get, like you're doing something. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, I, I would strongly advise buying it. I think... I think PC Gamer gave it a review of 80%, and I think that's fair. Okay. You know? Um, you know, I think there are things that, that they dropped the ball here and there with, like, it needed a final pass. You know, it needed, sure. a, it needed a little bit of polishing before it was released, and they've not quite done that. Certainly, this on the is PC like, it's like Fallout all over again, Dave. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it could have done with a little bit of polish, but it's fine you know i i think it's I, fine it, it plays really well i'm really enjoying it like i say i'm 92 hours in so you know it can't be so bad can <laughs> it yeah exactly so yeah that's been pretty much all my gaming um in between everything else <laughs> um so trailers wise you mentioned Sp- spider-man homecoming uh second trailer for that arrived what, what do you think of that trailer great excellent everything about it also um i read in the news today i'm not sure if it was this trailer or the one before you know the, the iron man heavy trailer yeah they've um, both been fairly iron man heavy to be I, honest. I read i read today that i someone's uh, over there has basically said that iron man's in five or six scenes he's not actually in it that much um which is good but they've played him up a lot if he isn't in it that much <laughs> yeah yeah I mean, although five or six scenes is is a fair amount across a movie. Yeah, I mean, it's but, not, I mean, it's not as many as Spider Man's going to be in, for example. Well, no, but you'd sort of hope <laughs> that was the case. But yes, but yeah. they they have played that relationship up quite a lot. Um, yeah. So Michael Keaton looks great. Yeah, I think Michael Keaton looks good. I, he I seems think... almost like he's got this this team of of sort of. There's there's been a, a big theme in 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 uh, especially in the comics of like all the bad guys get their tech from like one guy or whatever. And they, yeah. they have to, they have to tech match because they haven't got superpowers or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I think that's an interesting theme for them to touch on. And it seemed like it was like, we've got these guys and I've, we've got the technology. Let's, let's beat the superheroes there. And that's yeah. I think, an interesting, uh, you know, thing. There was an interesting thing that came out as well about, um, it, according to reports, he works for, or maybe owns, uh, damage control the uh cleanup company yeah yeah for for the marvel universe which they are supposed to be making a tv show about like a half hour comedy like powerless <laughs> and it sort of got shelved and we're wondering if part of the reason it got shelved is because of this film yeah you don't because- like make them heroes and then <laughs> yeah so i i think i think maybe what you might get is you might if if the film does well you might get the damage control tv show coming out afterwards with them sort of picking up the feces after sure. vulture's defeated which inevitably he will be because i'm <laughs> not really spoiling anything there uh so also they had um did they not have a go with shocker hands i thought i saw yeah the, i don't know if I'd, so maybe he's making his own little sinister six going on i don't know yeah well there's there's talk of the Sinister Six making a comeback movie, you know, as as well. So, and they're making possible. a Venom movie as well, aren't they? So yeah, they're making like... a Venom movie. So there are a few things floating around there. Um, I I just hope that this does extremely well for them, and oh, it, maybe it inspires Fox to do the same thing with the X-Men. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want, or, or Fantastic Four would be good for me. I'd enjoy that. Yeah, uh, you know, Fantastic Four being folded in would be good, um, and. Uh, 
you know, I would like the X-Men to be folded in. That would they, be good They could well. just do, with the X-Men, they could just do original five, just leave it. That's fine. That's enough. Yeah. You know, they don't need to do like X-Men where it's like there's a million of them and they're all, because it's a big team to bring into the Avengers. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, so keep them to just five of them, fine. Well, yeah, I mean, I think if they did that, it would give them an excuse to bring in a new Wolverine as well. Yeah, they could even do um, all new X-Men where they come from, well, in the comics they come from the past, but they could just come from a different universe or whatever where there's mutants now. Yeah. And that would be fine. Yeah. So, I mean, that would be quite interesting. I, I don't know whether Fox would ever do that, but if it made ridiculous amounts of money <laughs> over what Fox are making individually with the X-Men movie, if Spider-Man does that for Sony, then maybe that would push them into considering it. But yeah, we'll see. Other trailers and preview stuff we had this week. Uh, first image of Black Lightning we saw as well. Uh, no trailer for that yet, but that because that's only a pilot. But Black Lightning, which is the yeah. new CW show, which mm-hmm. I don't know whether you've seen that, but he no, he, look, no. he looks pretty good. Pretty pretty sticking fairly close to the comics. Few tweaks here and there, as you'd expect, but uh, that looks like it could be quite interesting. And it's it's nice because it's a it's an older superhero as well. Yeah, it, you know, bring in as as well as he comes with his own kind of little group because his daughter and you know various other people involved. So that I think that could be quite an interesting looking show. You've got the first official Game of Thrones promo that came out for season seven, which was called Long Walk because it How had <laughs> because it had uh, the three main characters taking a long walk. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but so yes they're working that, um, hard over there Dave they're working real hard yeah. yeah yeah so that but that was quite good I I thought that trailer worked really well um you've got Daenerys in that trailer you've got Cersei you've got Jon Snow Daenerys ends up sitting on a throne at the end of it and I was mm. kind of I'm not sure what that throne was they, but wouldn't, they wouldn't be that on the nose about it surely um, no, well, Cersei is sitting in the Iron Throne because it's them basically walking to the thrones sure. in the trailer. So Cersei sits on the Iron Throne, which makes sense. You've Fine. got John, who is enters the uh, you know the sort of meeting hall room yeah. that he was in in King of the North, and uh, the one that Daenerys sits on. Somebody uh, Dan Goad posted a thing on the. Uh, post where i put the trailer up saying that it's probably dragonstone which is the island that the targaryens ruled over originally and where she was born and it's where it's where stannis was at the start of the series apparently so so she thinks that's that he thinks that's probably where it is which would make sense somebody i you know i i like game of thrones but i don't know my game of thrones history particularly well so that's probably (laughs) what it is so i i I bow to his wisdom on that i'm assuming he's correct other things this week legion finished have you? I, I, you know, I haven't watched any more. I'm like, I really want to get back to it, but I just haven't. I just immense series has been one of the best things on TV in recent sort of, certainly this year so far. I think it's been absolutely superb. So well put together, just mind meltingly confusing in places, <laughs> uh, but in a good way. You know, um, yeah. It, it, I always say that it feels like you shouldn't be able to follow this show. Makes you feel smart. Yeah, and you can. And they manage to keep it together and uh, works just works so so well. So uh, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to a second season of that because that's been commissioned for a second season. So I'm that I really think will be awesome when it comes back. Uh, Iron Fist, I finished. Have you? Uh, yeah, is it good? No, I haven't touched it. Right. Okay. Um, I daren't, Dave. I daren't. It's 
It's not as good as the others. Of course. It's it's not as bad as people were making it out it right. was. There are definitely issues with it. I have there's some plotting issues which I have problems with. I have issues with the way it was shot as well. Mm. Um it, it, what it could have done with it is one director throughout the whole thing rather than twelve. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and yeah. it could have done with one director that actually had shot a lot of Kung Fu stuff before. Yeah, that you would know. have been good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I figure, I, I also think it might have done with um, a good bad guy, because from what I, it's the hand, right? So, yeah. I mean, that's been, we've had that bad guy for ages now. Let's do a new bad guy, shall we? Like, because the thing that made, particularly Daredevil season one, but also Jessica Jones, and even Luke Cage with the, the first bad guy in Luke Cage, not the second bad guy, was yeah. that there was a really good, solid bad guy yeah you thought ah he's a bad guy what's he doing now yeah and i i think that's true and that's the thing that let let down daredevil season two as well and i know they needed to introduce the hand but because (laughs) the hand is going to be the main villain for um defenders but um and and the defenders actually sounds like it's got a decent villain because it's going to be sigourney weaver so you know that's that's a fairly that's good, good person is, is a bit and a big name, you know. So I think that's fine. I, I just think, yeah, the hand stuff. I yeah, it, I, I know why they did it. I just think it could have been done a bit better. And yeah. the way it's, it's kind of it feels a bit lazy. I think is the oh really yeah. It sort of feels like you know the cinematographer's the same cinematographer that they've used on everything else, yeah. and you know it's a perfectly competent job. But I think it could have been a lot more interesting, mm-hmm. uh, and it it suffers that sort of throughout. It all feels a little bit lazy, you know. I'm, I'm not entirely convinced as Finn Jones uh, as in the casting. He's okay, but. Um, I think you probably could have found somebody that was better at martial arts. He looks a bit uh, sort of um, normal to me. I feel like he should be, you know, stronger yeah. looking. Uh, yeah, I, that, that's sort of it. You sort of feel like, I don't know, it just it, it doesn't kind of gel quite right as well as some of the mm. others have. So, you know, it's it's not bad by any stretch of the imagination it's just kind of disappointing and not quite as good as it should be mm. so i tell you what, i tell you what i have been watching uh grace and grace and frankie came back dave and continues oh, to be yes. one of the finest comedies on television i d- it's still not got around to watching it i will do at some point it's but yes so everybody tells me that's brilliant so yes yeah I, I will get to that another thing that started this week was blacklist redemption which uh is the spin-off from the main blacklist show mm. It kind of, it's not exactly like Blacklist. It it sort of has a similar premise in that, although with this way around, whereas in Blacklist, you've got Red holding information on the FBI agent. With this way around, it's the, the sort of guy who's the main protagonist withholding information from the person who should have the most power. So it sort of flips that that relationship slightly overall i mean the the first episode feels to me a bit like sort of a mission impossible the tv series you know um they've got kind of wacky gadgets and uh you know he's working for this secret organization that gets sent into these sort of black ops kind of areas okay yeah i see so it all feels a bit a bit kind of mission impossible in places but it was fun it's a good fun show it's a nice filler well blacklist is off the air so you know, I think 
yeah, I, I will probably be watching the rest of that. I think that was quite good. Um, and the other thing was 13 Reasons Why, which is this new Netflix series, which uh, we interviewed the production designer last week. And um, I watched the first episode of that. It's really well done. I don't know the source material at all. I know it means an awful lot to a number of people because of the subject matter, because it's about uh, teenage suicide. But yeah. the the basic premise of, of it is girl commits suicide, then her best friend, who's this boy who was sort of in love with her but never really asked her out, comes home to find six cassette tapes, so 13 sides, uh, sat on his doorstep. And What's a cassette tape? <laughs> exactly. I'm joking. Yeah. I'm joking. They, but, they do, but they do make fun of that okay. as well because it is set. It is set in kind of current times. I see. And they do joke about the you know things like boomboxes and you know that sort of stuff. So yeah, they they she decided to do them on cassette tapes because she didn't want them in a sort of digital format where they could be copied and stuff. And uh, yeah, she gives the cassette tapes and says on these tapes there are thirteen reasons why I decided to kill myself. And if you've got these tapes or you've been given these tapes, you are one of those reasons. Oh my life! So heavy, heavy um, over there, Dave. Yeah. So it it sounds like a fairly heavy thing but it, it's really nicely done well put together it's intriguing and there's sort of this mystery what? unfolding week to week so is that is that what is it like a mystery of you're finding out why she killed us is that the is that yeah. the crux of it that's the crux of it yeah so is it like is it quite much well obviously mature themes but is it quite a maturely done thing or what's the is it like a teen thing or what's the um, one it's who's the who's who's watching this? Who's the pardon me, you? <laughs> I, I I would say it's uh, it's aimed at young adults. I think it was a young adult book. Oh, I see. It, it's okay. based off. Uh, Maybe I got to watch this. It sounds all right, you know. Yeah, it's it's really good. I I really liked it. it. The young adult book that it's based off is actually used as teaching material in uh, in American schools. I don't think we use it over here, but yeah, it's so it's it's very well known in the US mm. because they use it in schools a lot. But yeah, I I think you know because it covers the, everything from kind of cyberbullying, early sex, you know, uh, all those sort of you know the young teen kind of uh, young adult okay. topics. Is there so, a good soundtrack? That's the important thing. Yes, soundtrack's actually quite good ah, as good. well. So you know, uh, worth worth watching because of that as well. But yes. Really good, well worth watching. I would go and watch Thirteen Reasons Why. Um, I, I'm trying to clear a few other things off I'm my schedule. Just, that's on Netflix, you say? That's on Netflix. Yes. I might. I got to catch that, man. I got to catch that. Yeah. So, and it's a Netflix original. So all thirteen episodes are up there right now. Oh, great. And as we say, it's not going anywhere. No, it's not going anywhere. So that's all the uh, stuff I think we've been doing this week. Let's move on to some film and TV news. So we'll start off the TV and film news this week with a few renewals. Santa Clarita Diet has been renewed for a second season. Uh, I still haven't got around to watching the rest of the first season. That's another Netflix show starring Drew Barrymore as a sort of zombie-ish mother. Oh, <laughs> interesting. Which is a, a kind of interesting idea. Uh, has has Nate Fillion, Nathan Fillion in the first episode as well. Mm. Uh, but um, that's quite good fun. I did really enjoy that. I just haven't had time to go watch any more of it yet. But as we said, it's still there. So it's <laughs> a <so> Netflix original <laughs> show. anywhere. It's not going anywhere. We shall. Uh, so I can. I will go back and watch the rest of that at some point. Channel Four have renewed Hunted, which was that reality TV kind of 
game show series that they had where yes. they sent uh, you know people go out and try and live off the radar for i think it's a month and then they have to try and get back to a specific point and it was a boat last time and they have to kind of get on a boat and escape uh but that's a, a really fun interesting series that it's one of the few reality kind of based shows that i watch so that's been renewed for a third series and uh, humans has been renewed for a third season as well which is awesome um but that interestingly that puts it ahead of the um swedish original show because the real humans which is the show it was based off only did two oh, seasons okay that is so, interesting so uh so it'd be interesting to see they've only i mean they, the storylines have diverged somewhat from each other um you know it, it was never a direct copy they ours was a far sort of darker kind of grittier show than the original was but it's going to be interesting to see where they take the story now because they don't have the same plot points to work from so mm. so that's that's going to be intriguing in other news the big news this week that landed was that joss whedon is apparently directing a batgirl movie this might be the most excited thing i've ever heard ever <laughs> possibly dave I know I was I was really kind of jumping up and down happy at this. <laughs> I, I, I can you think of a perfect more perfect match really? Absolutely no. I mean it's 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 one of those things where you've got to be careful because Batgirl is like one of the. I mean I think she's great. <laughs> yeah, um, she's one of my favourite superheroes, and you've got to be careful with that sort of um you know you've got to be careful with sort of feminism and technology and stuff because especially nowadays in the comics she's really sort of um it's one of these characters that's it's one of their you know it's a young person and it's yeah. a young person's superhero and you've got to be careful with that as as a you know as a theme of young people problems like you were saying about um 13 reasons why you've got to be careful with young people problems to yeah. not make trivialize them a little bit so that's really interesting. I think there'll be some challenges in there, but it'll be good. Yeah, I mean, whether they'll have her as a teen, I suspect not based on the timeline. She's probably going to be early 20s. Of I course, yes, of course, yeah. Well, a young person. That's still young, Dave. <laughs> yeah, so um, how uh, how they're going to fit this in, I'm not sure. Whether we're doing, whether we're going to end up with, with it being post-killing joke or pre-killing joke, Yeah, I don't know. Uh, whether that... Then you've got to ask, is where's Ben Affleck? Is he like young Ben Affleck, old Ben Affleck? Is it canon? Is it like in there? Uh, well, at the moment, we yeah, I mean, it will be. It will be tied in to the Batman movies and yeah, the, the current DC universe. So it's going to be tied in with that. It's just a case of, of where they're actually going to yeah, set it because it. they haven't made entirely clear. We know there's been one Robin already. In the Batgirl point or where we are now with well, Batman. Where we are now in the DC yes. cinematic universe, we know there's been Rob, Rob, one Robin. <laughs> one Robin. One Robin that's been killed. Um, and we're assuming that he was probably Jason Todd because that's the Robin that was killed. Sure. Yes. So, so um, which means that there's probably a Nightwing out there. And if there's a Nightwing out there, he's going to be late, at the very least, sort of late teens, 19, early, mid-20s. Where's um, that movie? That's what I want to know. Yeah, well, I would like to see that movie as well. But you might, if you've got Barbara Gordon then you might have a Dick Grayson in there somewhere as well mm -hmm. because yes. there is a relationship between the pair of them. So yeah. that could be quite interesting as, as bringing in those kind of younger characters. Um, it's like there's some sort of 
bat what would you call it a group what would you call it what's the word for like a group of people bat who are family all sort it's, of family it, thank yes. you Dave they're, they're, yes. they're, they're known as the bat family and I mean we're assuming it's going to be Barbara because that would seem like the most obvious they're, they're, oh, I mean, yeah. they, you could use Cassandra Kane. you could use Stephanie Brown but I think it's most likely going to be Barbara Gordon because you've got a Jim Gordon in there already that's true um, that's true JK, he looked great in that trailer by the way yeah J.K. Simmons I, I thought when they cast him as it I thought yeah that's that's a perfect bit casting that i think also he, um really he good. said he said in that didn't he he was like something like oh it's good to see you working with others again which implies that there's a there's a family around yeah yeah and he'd sort of stepped away from it so yeah i think that makes sense um and there's been talk of of maybe having a robin in at some point as well so whether that would be tim or whether you jump straight to damien i don't know yeah um but but I I mean I'd love to see Damian Wayne on screen because I think he's awesome. I was going to say character. you love me Damian Wayne, don't you? Yeah, Damian, <laughs> Damian's a fabulous character. I just he's this homicidal child who's just brilliant. <laughs> and uh, you know as we saw with um, uh, Hit Girl, it's entirely yes. possible to do that on screen this this time. I mean you know so I I think yeah I I mean I'd I'd love to see Damian on screen. Although I suspect that they'd probably go with Tim because he's the next obvious one. And if you bring yeah. Damian in, you've got to sort of explain the whole Talia Al Ghul having a baby. You've that got whole, you've got yeah. groundwork there to cover, yeah. you know. Whereas with Tim, it's less of an issue. So I think that'd be quite interesting. No idea who you'd actually cast for it. Uh, the, I mean, there's I'm sure there's a It'd be interesting to go with somebody who's not a particularly well-known name yeah. for that role, but I suspect they won't. I suspect they'll want. Like I hadn't, I hadn't heard of Spider-Man before Spider-Man, Tom Holland. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Uh, so it'd be interesting to just go for the person that Joss thinks is right for the role, as well. Yeah, but I mean, rather you know, than a name to put people in seats. Yeah, exactly. But I think Joss is the perfect person to do this because we is the guy. We know he does strong female leads. The stuff about you know being sensitive to to female uh, you know to to how you treat young teens on screen or you know young adults on screen is something that he's brilliant with. So I I think he's the perfect person for it. And uh, I really hope because at the time that this was released, it's not 100% confirmed that he's going to, that he is actually fully signed on. Yeah, he's just in talks, isn't he? He's just... he, he was in talks. Hopefully they come out with a full official announcement about it. But Because uh, yeah. now if anyone else does it, it's going to be like, ah, oh, well, it's not, yeah. it's not Joss Whedon, is he? No, and I mean, you know, Joss was down originally to do the Wonder Woman movie and that fell through. So, yeah. But I mean, in, in terms of upcoming movies, They've got the Batman standalone film, a Suicide Squad sequel, Gotham City Sirens, The Flash, Cyborg, Aquaman, Shazam, and a Black Adam film. And that's on top of Wonder Woman Justice League. They moved uh, They moved the Batman movie back, didn't they? Did you hear yes. Um, yes, I know it's got moved around a bit after the you know, uh, Ben stepped away from directing and uh, they've got a new director involved and stuff, so... Yeah, I know it's got shifted around a bit. So, yeah. yeah exciting. But it's not like they're short of other things to make right now. So <laughs> <laughs> No, that's fine. They'll be fine. They'll, they'll, they'll work it out. So uh, moving on from that, there's a, a new... Um, Fox announced a new show starring Mark Strong called Deep State which they're, they're making. And Mark Strong's great. Just a fabulous, fabulous actor. He was in Kingsman, uh, Tinker Tailor, Soldier Spy. He was in Kick-Ass. He was in Zero Dark Thirty. 
It's a really, really strong actor, great person to pick as a lead for a show. They're describing it as their first regional scripted commission. And as far as I can tell, regional scripted commission says means the show will be developed and produced at a regional level. So it's it's shot at various places around the world um, rather than a central location. The other interesting thing, though, is they have said it, it will air on Fox in all 50 countries. So everywhere there's a Fox network, it will be it, it will air on that network, which is not always the case because quite often they're made in America and then get sold, you know, go out on Fox over there, sure, but then yeah. end up on like Sky or whatever. I mean, they're all part of the same company half the time, but you know, it, they can end up in all sorts of places. You know, they end up on Netflix or they end up on Sky or the you know one of the other channels. This is actually being commissioned specifically to go out on all fifty countries. Uh, it's been written by Mark, Matthew Parkhill, who wrote uh, something called Rogue, Simon Maxwell, who wrote American Odyssey, and Stephen Tomkinson, who is one of the writers from Doctor Who and Sherlock, described as an, in, an intense character-driven espionage thriller. It's set in Britain, the US, Iran, Lebanon, and France. And the drama shows the merciless reality of a world of espionage in which increasingly rare conscience can get you and the ones you love killed. Yeah, sounds kind of interesting. Yeah, Uh, sounds good. Strong plays Max Easton, a man caught between two versions of himself, the past and the present. He's an ex-spy. He's brought back into the game to avenge the death of his son, only to find himself at the heart of a covert intelligence war and a conspiracy for profit from the spreading chaos throughout the Middle East. So, uh, yeah, I, I really like the sound of this. I think it could be really good. It's interesting that they are how they are pr- approaching it as well. Has a sort of feel of something like maybe Homeland to it. Possibly. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. But it, yeah, it seems very, um, they've got a lot of movement because it's like an international espionage. Yeah. It's not just one. Like you say, where it's filmed, it's not just one place. It's lots of different places and that's going to be good. Yep. So uh, it begins shooting in May. That will probably mean that it's out either in the autumn or possibly next year, given that it's quite a big production. Mm. So uh, so we'll see. But uh, that sounds quite good. And another bit of news was we have a new cast member from uh, for Peaky Blinders, and it's Aidan Gillen, who is from Game of Thrones, plays Littlefinger on Game of Thrones. Ah. So he's trading his scheming in Westeros for the glamour of 1920s Birmingham. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's got a part on Series 4 of Peaky Blinders. I don't know whether have they announced, I don't think they've actually announced anything of, of what he's actually playing. Yeah. Filming's just started in Liverpool for Peaky Blinders. So if you're up there, of go course. Up, get some photos. Because, you know, Liverpool, I mean, is awesome, but apparently looks like 1920s Birmingham. Which, uh, in a way, is an insult in itself. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, I love Liverpool, so, you know, I. but, yes, fair enough. And they shoot some of it at the Black Country Museum as well down here so they the they Black shoot Country very Museum. they shoot very little of it actually in birmingham because yeah. birmingham's so modernized these days <laughs> you can't yeah. do it you sort of turn around and see like the bullring shopping center behind you which looks like it's just <laughs> landed out of space so yeah um yeah so you can't really do it in birmingham these days but uh obviously killian murphy's back helen mccroy uh paul anderson joe cole sophie rundle finn cole amy fion edwards uh kate phillips they're all returning as the various Murphy people. Uh, mm. Charlotte Ridley is back as well, Mrs. Tom Hardy. 
is back for <laughs> for uh, for the who played. I think she was in season two. She played the championship horse trainer and was sort of lover of of Killian um, Murphy's character of Tommy Shelby uh, called May May Carlton. So she's back in. She missed season three. I think part of the, partly because she was pregnant at the time. So uh, Tom Hardy, her other half, is also back as well. Right. He's making appearance as Alfie, the Jewish gang leader. So he'll be back, and uh, Natasha O'Keefe and Packy Lee are also back as well. All we know about the new season is that Tommy receives a mysterious letter on Christmas Eve, which makes him realise that the Peaky Blinders are in danger. As the enemy closes in, Tommy flees his country house and returns to the streets of Smallheath in Birmingham as a desperate fight for survival begins. So... Given that it's set on Christmas Eve, I'm assuming they're probably going to launch this around yeah. Christmas, which Christmas would make sense. sort of a big Christmas episode. Yeah, if they're shooting it now, I, I'm mm. wondering if it's going to like take the Sherlock spot, so right, which right. is sort of Christmas New Year. That would make sense. Yeah. yeah, maybe make it a big New Year's Day or New Year's Eve show mm. and run it through. But um, yeah, so I'm really looking forward to that because it's it's always brilliant. Uh, it's hmm. such a good series. So, uh, yeah, fourth season's directed by David Caffrey because that's one of the unique things about Peaky Blinders is it, is it has one director for the entire season. Um, so it's directed by David Caffrey, who is uh, done Love, Hate and Line of Duty. So, yeah, and we're expecting at the end of the year. One to look forward to. So that's all the news for this week. Next up, we have a very interesting interview. <laughs> 
Phil. Hey, Dave. Hey, Phil. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? So, oh. all right. So, I mean, it essentially looks like a really seedy. <laughs> it kind of is, actually. It, it does look slightly like an SNN dungeon. I am just putting it out it, there. It really does, doesn't it? <laughs> hey, look, I, want, I just want to show you. It is a leather clad room. <laughs> Studded leather. There is yeah. a door, though. And um, I did bring my whip. So, so long as so, they're letting you out, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so so how are you doing i'm doing really well thanks um, um yeah it's good to be back in london it's been a while actually I've, i haven't been back here for about two years so um and my my um my english family lives over here my mother's english and my grandmother and her family live over here so i yeah i drag my family back my two-year-old girl and my wife are at the hotel right now dealing with jet lag so i'm a terrible husband <laughs> uh, um, but this is great it's great and it's great to meet up with people and talk about the show yeah 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 we sh- should should say for those people that are listening to this and only know you from strike back this is the person the same person that played michael stonebridge he is actually an american <laughs> yeah that's right well half and half i'd yeah. like to say yes it's and it's funny because i haven't actually this is like this is probably the second american role that i've ever played in my entire career <laughs> everything i did before that was english or hired out of london yeah so um and it kind of bounces i think i, I get off the plane in london and my wife calls me out she says as soon as we got off the plane, your English accent started again, and so yeah. I'm trying to be I'm trying to be as American as possible. But I, you know, I just I hang around with mates, and here we are. <laughs> you know, it just it just slips in and out. Yeah, yeah, you've got a very mid Atlantic accent because I was I was listening to interviews about the show earlier. I was like doing the research for this, and like, wait, he's American, and you had a really thick wait. American accent, and now it's yeah, yeah. kind of a bit mid Atlantic. So <laughs> again, yeah, and I I tend to you know when I. When I grab hold of characters, I tend to kind of live with them as much as I can. So like with Peter Stone, I really made sure to get my mouth around that accent again. And I'm not a Chicagoan by any stretch of the imagination, but just kind of keeping those things really nuanced and sharp. And then I come over here and it all goes out the window because you hang out with mates at the pub and have a few pints of Guinness. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) it starts to slip back in, you know. (laughs) So, yeah, your new show is Chicago Justice. Obvious question first. Were you a fan of the Chicago series, series is like uh, before yeah i mean look i had i had definitely heard about them and look i was a huge fan of law and order just growing up with it it was always around it was always something you could check in with the performances were amazing and in going back and doing research for this role i watched the original law and order again and you know michael moriarty and richard brooks and and the, just the amazing cast that they had and um and i was just shocked at all the huge stars that started on this law and order. You you look at it, you're like, wait a second, that, you know, you just see all these people coming through and they're just working actors, you know, and they're doing the thing. Um, so that was, it was pretty neat to see that. And then of course, you you know, as soon as I was able to do uh, a little stint on Chicago PD, I got to work with Jason Begay and everyone over there and John Seda. And it was just, I was, I felt very, you know, I felt very privileged to be asked to even be considered for this, but then let alone to come cross over with such strong scripts and great characters. It was a, you know, as an actor, you kind of go, gee, wouldn't this be great? And then you're sitting in a room with Dick Wolf and he's saying, hey, would you like to do this? And part of you is going, I cannot, I cannot even fathom that this is happening. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, does the fact that this is part of a a big franchise help the process for you the fact that it's what the fourth show in the in the franchise yeah that's right yeah i think you know people asked if there's a lot of pressure and actually the pressure was all taken away from me in our first meeting i had a meeting with dick wolf and we both kind of agreed that i might not be the right guy because of my background with action and with the type of things that 
to do. And, um, and we just, he just took the pressure off by saying, look, if you're not the right guy, we'll just do something else. It won't work. And I was like, well, that's great to know. So we'll just give it a stab. We'll see if it works. Look, they made it easy though. They gave me incredible words. We have a writer named our lead writer is Michael Chernuchin who wrote on the original Law and Order. Right. So he right. Gets it. he gets it, man. And he he he's looking for topics that are not only interesting but you know pretty divided, or topics that are so you know loud and hot hot button issues that people really want to talk about them. So they gave me amazing words. Chicago is an incredible city. It's kind of another character in these you know in these four series in these four franchises, and. Um, yeah, I mean, the the rest is sort of just kind of showing up and, and trusting your team. And, you know, Carl Weathers is there and John Seda, <laughs> Joel Carter, uh, Monica Barbaro. We've got, you know, five really solid actors who come to work prepared. And, you know, like like Dick Wolf said, the, the courtroom is the Coliseum. That's where it all happens. <laughs> yeah. He literally came in. This is the first it's like the first week of filming. And, and Wolf was, you know, Dick Wolf was there and we're doing stuff. And it was the first big day in the courtroom. And he kind of he walks in through the middle of the courtroom and between the prosecutor and the defender. And he kind of turns around right in front of the judge and everyone's looking at him and he just kind of says, you know, this is, this is the Coliseum. This is where it all happens. The words are great. The sets are great. Don't f- it up. <laughs> we were like, okay, that's our, that was our battle charge right there. Let's go. Let's Solid go advice. Yeah. <laughs> so that was kind of our mantra. Like, just don't f- it up. Cause it's great. I mean, the word, you know, we, we have so much going for us. The other shows have paved the way with gold. There's yeah. a big following for all those shows, you know, and, and Dick will said, this is the fourth leg of the table. It just made sense to do this. Yeah. Um, yeah. So really we're just showing up and, you know, continuing what, you know, the brilliant work that's been done before us. And hopefully we can hang on and, and kind of, you know, do them right by doing good work ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do, you mentioned, uh, Chicago there. Are you actually shooting in Chicago for this? Yeah, absolutely. All the shows shoot there. They've given, they've given the Chicago, you know, they've given film and television in Chicago, a huge tax credit. So I think that's one of the reasons that right. we're allowed to be there. Yeah. Uh, we shoot at a place called Cinespace, which is a massive, you know, like everything in this industry, it's a massive converted steel factory. <laughs> yeah. So it's really charming. It's lovely. You know, right? <laughs> and, um, and look, we're, you know, all the shows are there, plus a couple Amazon shows, a Hulu, a couple Netflix shows. I mean, you're always running into people going, wait, wait a second. Uh, <laughs> so it's pretty neat. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's quite rare in in uh, today's sort of TV universe to actually have a show that's based in a city to be filming in that city, uh, you know, unless it's New York or sometimes yeah, LA, right. you know. Yeah, so. that's right. I mean, especially LA. I think, I don't know whatever happened there with the, with the credits for shows, but I mean, you never see stuff in LA anymore. Yeah, um, yeah. It's so sad because because it's based on industry. I mean, everybody there is about the industry, you know? Yeah, yeah. And to see that being taken away because of tax credits in other places or things that the city of LA won't do or the state of California won't do is just ridiculous. But yeah, I mean, you know, Sully's in New York doing Blind Spot. And yeah, he's just, yeah, yeah. He's shooting New York for New York. And I think it's I think it's incredibly challenging shooting in New York. I think just the just the the tactical stuff you have to think about and the, just the, the nightmare of planning in that city. But yeah. look, Chicago, it's you know, it's kind of a bigger, fatter, friendlier New York. Yeah. And it's got a beautiful, beautiful backdrop and it's you know, it's really blue collar and just people people just get on with it. It's a great city. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I've been to Chicago once for about four days and it was about minus 10 when I was there. There <laughs> is that side of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you walk out the airport and it's like this wall of frost hits you. It's yeah, yeah. It's unbelievable. And it is the lake effect like that. There's that bitter kind of, mm. there's that cold air that just hangs about and yeah. it just cuts right to the bone. 
yeah. Um, so one of the characters you, you mentioned there, you're getting uh, John Sader's actually moved over from Chicago PD. Was he sort of helpful in, in showing you the ropes on how the Chicago series sort of do things, you know? Yeah, he was. I, you know, I Jason was really helpful over on PD. John's been helpful in just the sense that he kind of, he had a big barbecue around his house when we all got there. So we were like, oh, and he, you know, we met all the different people from other shows. And I've worked with, you know, I've worked with Eamon Walker before. And, right. you know, I got to meet some of the other actors from the other shows and actresses. And you just kind of, you realize, wow, this really is a family. This is, wow, you guys all know each other and you kind of hang out in your spare time. And you thought, wow, this is, this is incredible. Yeah. So we're, uh, yeah, John's been, John's been amazing and just really open. And, you know, his family is they've moved out to Chicago proper. They bought a house there. So they're in oh, wow. like they are yeah, yeah. Chicago. And so his wife has been really helpful with just getting my wife out and about as well. And just creating those relationships. It's important. I mean, look, this, you work with these people 16 hours a day, five, six days a week. Yeah. You kind of, you kind of want to get along, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's he's helpful. Just, yeah. yeah. He's, a, he's just a great bloke. So yeah. that's been nice. The character you play on, on this is, is actually kind of a law and order legacy character. Cause he's the son of Benjamin Stone, uh, Michael Moriarty's character in the original series. Right. So ha- how's that affected the role for you? It was funny. I didn't find out about this until about episode three or four. We had sort of this, <laughs> we had this big press day in, in Chicago. And uh, Michael Trinuchin was, I was overhearing him having a conversation with some press and he dropped this little gem. And I was like, hang on a second. I was in an interview and I said, I have to, I have to just clarify something because this changes everything. Yeah. It's been great to develop Peter under this new information because <laughs> the shadow of his father, they have looked, they have a complicated relationship at the best of times. Yeah. I think it was sort of, it was challenging for me to accept the role in the first place. And yet finding out that I was the son of such a legend in television and such an incredible actor was kind of like, oh, brilliant. You know, this is <laughs> here we go. So, you know, the choices that I made and the things the thing about the relationship is, is it's just it's just complicated. And it's he lives under his father's shadow in the courtroom, outside of the courtroom, how he practices law. There's always that voice of his father. And look, the distance is there for a reason. He practices in Chicago and not New York because of his father. He doesn't want to be there. Yeah, he doesn't want to be to that and he doesn't want that to be always in his ear with the people he's he's working with and so you know this in developing peter stone it really helped to make him more of a complex human being than just a one note character um which is just not interesting you know i think anytime someone is complex and and broken and has flaws and has lies that they're operating out of then we want to watch them because maybe they'll make the right choice maybe they won't yeah. and that's who this guy needs to be he needs to be human and having that legend the legend of his father and the brilliance of his father in his background that helps to sort of break him up a bit yeah yeah as you sort of mentioned earlier you're known for kind of action roles uh strike back in particular which was an amazing show and you're now moving on to onto this lawyer part how does it feel being kind of wearing a suit and being in a courtroom every day compared to dealing with guns and being somewhere in a jungle or whatever <laughs> there's um there's just different rewards you know yeah um, it's taken me a while to be honest with you, because there's something so sad. There was something so satisfying about finishing a day on strike back and just being at your physical end, at your wits end, you just, you'd sweat and you were just bleeding and you were just, you were just hurt, but it was great. You know, such boy stuff and being an actor and being a bloke, it was so satisfying. <laughs> uh, and now crossing over to this, it's just a different muscle. It's, you know, I wear a suit every day. There will never be any running. I literally have probably wore a suit more times now on Chicago Justice than I have in my whole life combined, <laughs> which is just like, that's just the way it goes. Like, yeah, yeah. and it's, 
you know, I'm learning to find the satisfaction in the words and in the process. One of the things that I found really challenging on the show is the words had such a responsibility. I mean, with, with Strike Back, we had a responsibility to present these operators and these spec ops people as real life people. And we wanted to make that look good, clearing a room, clearing jams, fighting, like how do they do it, how they speak, how they move. That all had to be real. So the tactics and the life of these people. So my responsibility now is to present these cases in a real way. And look, a lot of my work is done for me. Let's be honest. I mean, the writing has to be amazing and it yeah. is amazing. And so I kind of got to hit my mark and tell the truth in one. It's kind of one of those acting lessons, but yeah. the words do have such, you know, they have power and they have, um, we're talking about things which people are going through, which really, you know, you know, we're talking about cases where people's lives are being thrown uh, into disarray because of something that's been done to them. And it's happening all over the world all the time. And so I realized early on that there were responsibilities in these words that I really haven't had before. And so that's really where my energy is focused on trying to make that stuff true and get that stuff right. And I think, you know, Michael Ternuch and our, our lead writer, I was saying, he, he, he sort of packaged it very well. And he said, look, if, if half the audience throws their shoe at the television and half their audience, half the audience cheers, I, we're going to make it, this is going to be good TV. <laughs> and that's kind of our goal now is we, we present both sides of the case. We might piss off half the people and we might make half the people cheer, but I think that's good TV. Yeah, I just wanted to ask, okay, if you had the opportunity to work on any TV show other than obviously the ones you've done, uh, past, present or future, which show would it be? Oh my gosh. It's a problem because we're kind of in the platinum age of television, aren't we? I, yeah. I tell you what, I grew up and I still watch this show and think, man, that's just amazing. I grew up, do you remember MASH? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember it was about, you know, about the doctors in Vietnam? Yeah, yeah, it was, love that show. It was dramedy, but it was so sort of, it was just brilliant. I think if I could have been on MASH, if I could go back and work on MASH, I would have, I would do that. And then of course, Game of Thrones just kicks ass. So I would, that would be a great show. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Always Game of, course, of Thrones. Of there <laughs> Everybody that. wants to be on Game of Thrones. Uh, yeah, everybody in there, literally. Yeah. <laughs> um, one final thing. Do you get to see Sully very often? Are you kind of glad to I be really so more? New York. <laughs> Oh, yeah. brilliant. And so we had a we had a real kind of, you know, bromance that night. We had a, we went out for dinner and had a few pints and caught up with each other and talked about the new pups that they're putting on strike back because clearly we're too old now. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> we just, and we said, well, look, they're going to have the time of their life and they're going to get banged up and bruised and hurt, but yeah. they're going to have a ball. So and yeah. I love him. He's a, he really is a brother. We went through some. We went through some pretty big stuff together, and so um, yeah. he's like the brother I had, so it's great. Awesome. Well, I shall hey. let you go. So, uh, Thank so you I don't so get much for your time. I'll pass you back, and All have right. a good one. Thanks. Cheers. Bye. So that was the interview with Chicago Justice's Philip Winchester. If you want to catch the show, it's on the Universal Channel, which is uh, first episode, I think, should be on their catch-up system. But it goes out on Thursday nights at 9 p.m. on Universal Channel. Next up, we have some shows that you should be watching next week. First up, we have The 100, back for its fourth season on E4. That's on the 5th of April at 9pm. Is this one you ever watched? Uh, no, I've heard good things, though. Yes, it's a, it's a fun show. We're on uh, season four now. And uh, yeah, it, it's a good, solid, well-written sci-fi series. So well worth it. Uh, that's on E4 on the 5th of April at 9pm. iZombie is back for its third season on Netflix on the 5th of April uh, as well. I really enjoyed that. I've only watched, I think, half of the first season or three quarters of the first season so far because it's one of those that I keep on forgetting to go back to. But um, yeah, really fun and different take on a kind of zombie thing. Yeah. 
because you've actually got a sort of zombie that's not a mindless brain eating machine you know yeah they're people so, too Dave. yes zombies are people too <laughs> trip to spain this very is, excited about this yeah Dave. coming to sky atlantic for its third season on the 6th of april at 10 p.m it's Steve Coogan and Rob Bryden back on their culinary coast-to-coast odyssey made by Michael Winterbottom again. I think the first couple went out on the BBC, if I remember correctly, and they've moved them to yeah. Sky Atlantic for this one. Yes, I uh, have the first season on DVD, Dave. Do you remember DVDs? Do you remember those? <laughs> wow. Well, yes. I have it on one of those. Wow, amazing. Of course, I like them better because you can't digitally replicate them. <laughs> call. that's a callback from earlier Dave you can actually you just stick them in a computer and like, yes I know Dave yes <laughs> but anyway um, yeah so the trip is is back moved on to Sky Atlantic which I know is going to upset some people because it always does with Sky take on anything but that's uh, uh, the third season of that on the 6th of April at 10pm uh, the get down back for its second season this is uh, fame for the Y generation it was described as this is um, net- coming to Netflix on the 7th of April that is then Prison Break season 5 after a long long time away I think 8 years I think yes. um, that's back for a new season on the 10th of April at 9pm I've seen the first 3 episodes of this I th- see there's been a few reviews up today as well that have been kind of a bit snooty about it but I, I really enjoyed it all I, I won't sort of give anything away other than to say I got to the end of the first episode and wanted to watch the second one immediately. So oh, that's good. I really enjoyed it. I really like those characters. I think the actors are great. So I'm looking forward to watching the whole of that. I thought it was brilliant. Bates Motel, that's back for its final season on Universal Channel. That's for the 11th of April at 9pm. Not a show I've actually got around to watching, but I'm told it's quite good. And uh, Better Call Saul, back for its third season on the 11th of April on Netflix. I love this series. It's great. very good. It's not Breaking Bad good, but it's as close as you're going to get with... And uh, and Bob Odenkirk is amazing as Saul Goodman. And uh, this season, we apparently get to see various Breaking Bad characters make appearance, and we also get to see the transformation into Saul Goodman as well. Good. And we get to see what happened, because it was like a cliffhanger. Yes. Or not happened. Yeah. I won't spoil it, but it's big. <laughs> yeah. So uh, all on Netflix if you want to go and watch them, but the third season not, is coming onto Netflix as well. It's not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's that's not technically... A, that may go somewhere is, they, at some point. Are they doing a... Uh, is it still weekly? Because it used to be... Because yes. most Netflix think... Because it's not Netflix that make it. It's like, you know... Yeah, it's it's a weekly show because it's an AMC show, not a Netflix show. Yeah. So it'll go out weekly, that. But that's from the 11th of April. That will land on Netflix, usually around 8am in the morning. So that is everything from us for this week, unless you've got anything else you want to Great. add. In. No, I'm going to go out and buy Mass Spect Andromeda and uh, watch, uh, was it 13? 13 Reasons Why. 13 Reasons Why, Netflix and Mass Spect Andromeda. Yes. PlayStation or Xbox or PC. <laughs> well then. Um, <laughs> so that is everything for this week. If you want to get in touch with your questions and comments, you can email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk. You can leave a message on the website post. You can find us at Geektown on Twitter and Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Geektown, at YouTube at youtube.com forward slash Geektown, or on Instagram at Geektown UK. That's everything. We shall see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. <laughs> 